To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Um, so this is a continuation of the the conversation, or I guess the solo episode that I was doing. Um, yeah, I just went a little long. Imagine that. I'm always going long on those solo ones. I just, I get off on these different tangents, but I love to share my current thoughts and feelings with you guys. And, and my thoughts and feelings, uh, you know, on that new release, you know, there, there is no right and wrong. Guys make different releases work to be extremely accurate and to be extremely effective. And they, there's great shooters like John Dudley that can shoot a hinge release accurately at animals. And then, you know, there's other great shooters like one of the best shooters here in Montana is Rob Morgan. And uh, he shoots hinges and, and thumbs and and back tension releases but chooses to hunt with a trigger because he can choose where it goes and I I'm just trying to always evolve my thought process to be the most effective hunter I can be and, and I just have too many things I'm thinking about and always in my mind is that that good shot execution and I I'm constantly drilling that in but a lot of times when you're shooting at animal there just isn't time for that quality shot execution like sometimes you know you need to take that shot when that animal stops or gives you that window of opportunity and, and I also you know, I want it to become subconscious where, you know, I shoot so much that it's second nature to me. Um, and, and I just think with this trigger release, it's going to become more subconscious for me. So always improving, always trying to get in better. But there's there's multiple ways to be successful and, and to be su- consistently successful. And, and we each have to find our own path. And, and for me, diving into archery and learning more about archery has taught me a lot you know the you know the shooting the back tension releases and the hinge releases and the thumbs have taught me so much and brought my archery to a higher level and and I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't you know take the chance and learn these other releases and then be able to hunt with these other releases too and I've been hunting with a thumb or a back tension release for probably the last six or seven years and I've had great success doing it you know I'm just wondering if there's a a better way out there for me so that's why I'm I'm trying to go back to this trigger release and trying to work with it more. And uh, I'm just always trying to find the, the best way to, to be the most effective and make the, the most humane kills I can. So not to beat a dead horse on the release. Here I am on the, on the intro talking about it again. But uh, anyways, we, can, we continue the conversation just about preparing yourself for next season. Again, this episode is brought to you by Eastman's. Uh, such a great company with the magazines, uh, with the Beyond the Grid Internet TV show, uh, Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor Channel, the podcast, um, you know, you name it, uh, we've got our hands in it. And there at Eastman's, we're always trying to evolve and get better. And and uh, we're always thinking about how we can make these these platforms better. But uh, just a great company. I really appreciate those guys' support. Let's get on with this. Let's continue the conversation about preparing for next season. Eastman's Elevated, uh, another solo episode. Here we go. Shooting at 3D targets is so good. I got a new 3D target. Just, 
you know, it's it's different trying to pick your place on a 3D target, that center of body, you know, behind the shoulder. And so um, that's been really good. And it's, you know, it's realistic practice. And the deer target I have is about the size of a coos deer. You know, I'm always cheap. So I always buy the smaller ones that stop my arrows. I can't remember which one I've got now. Um, but that's good. You know, yeah, I'm practicing shooting at a coos deer at all these different distances. So when a 300 pound muley stands out there or, a, you know, an 800 pound elk, I'll be able to put that arrow right where I want it. And uh, that's what I want to be this year. I, I want to be precise. Quick, clean kills every shot. If you know, if I don't have 100% confidence in the shot, I'm not taking it. And, um, I, you know, you also, like, it's this, this fine line as we talk about releases, like, um, you know, being patient and waiting for that right shot. And, you know, I, I've learned that throughout the years too. Like, um, and learned that lesson again you know, in Hawaii is to not force arrows. Like if there's a bunch of limbs, if there's grass in the way, you just, you don't shoot, you wait. You just need to be a hundred percent sure you can get that shot through there. And, um, you know, if you force that shot, like you, you just don't get through the twigs that often. Like if there's twigs or if there's something in the way, it is tough to get through there. You're just better off to just wait for a better opportunity. And sometimes, you know, the, Sometimes the the opportunity is fleeting and all of a sudden you didn't take a chance and that animal gets away. But it just um, if you're patient and wait for the right shot, at least you know when you take that shot that you're going to hit that animal perfect. And so, you know, I, I, I want to really focus on that this year is making sure I get a good range, um, making sure I don't force any arrows. Like I don't try to force it in too tight of a window, too tough of an angle, too tough of a shot, too high degree of difficulty. Like just wait, wait for a better opportunity. Um, so I've got that bow all dialed in, um, sight tape styled, and then, you know, just doing all the little things here for final preparation is, um, you know, weighing all my arrows, making sure I don't have anything funny there. Um, you know, I'm also, um, you know, as I'm, I'm shooting, now that my bow's dialed in, now I'm practicing uncomfortable shooting scenarios like I practice in shooting from my knees a bunch, you know, sitting on my feet and raising up from my feet, shooting over the grass, uh, shooting angles. Um, I need to get out and shoot angles one more time with this bow and check third axis, but um, shooting steep angles, um, you know, shooting off one foot, shooting off different terrain, um, you know, just trying to shoot all these, these, these difficult um, these difficult shots that I know I'm going to get in the field and also like paying a lot of attention, you know, shooting a lot of one arrow groups, go out in the morning before I leave for work, I shoot one arrow, come home, I shoot one arrow or, you know, the first arrow priority. Like if I'm going to go out and shoot a set at night, I, I put, you know, I shoot a, a broad practice broadhead on my arrow and I shoot the shot that I want to shoot. And that's my first shot you know, that's what's going to count when you're in the mountains. And so just putting a, a really high priority on that first shot and shooting a lot of one arrow groups and just making sure my bow shoots really good cold exactly where I want it to. And uh, then just putting the focus on on executing good shots. Um, so, yeah, that's my new theories on on release. Shooting's been going great. Gosh, um, shooting every single day. I, you know, and I, the, the devil's in the details now. And so I'm two weeks till I leave from caribou. And if I'm being completely honest, like I'm fighting this rest, I have a little bit, um, you know, I've got a few bows that I have set up and so I have different rests on them. And so then, you know, when I get a new bow, you know, I'll either get, you know, new accessories or I'll pull accessories off a bow and stick them on. And so I've always used, uh, I used to use this one type of release and the blade is pretty flat. It's a fall away rest, but the blade is pretty flat. 
Well, as I'm drawing back and the blade's coming up, picking up that arrow, the arrow wants to slide to the left-hand side. Now, I don't have any memory in my string or anything. It's just the way I draw back. The arrow wants to go to the left-hand side. And, and then as soon as I get to full draw, it slips back in the middle. So I've just got this arrow movement as I draw back. And I tried to fix it with putting a... Um, Oh, how would I put the, like a little rubber arrow keep on my riser? So when I draw back, it picks it up in the center. Well, it, the the blade is just too broad with not enough angle in it. And so, you know, what I'm finding is it's like maybe one out of 200 shots will get stuck on, stuck on the left and I'll have to tilt my bow riser or shake it. And I, I've also noticed that now I'm just staring at this thing. Every time I draw back, my arrow comes up, it slides to the left hand side of this rest and I'm making sure it's getting in the center. And there's even been one to two shots I'd say in the last who knows <laughs> thousands tens of thousands of arrows but there's been one or two shots that I've shot that were not sitting in the center of that rest the other bad thing is if the wind's blowing from you know right to left my arrow wants to go left on that blade it won't let it fall back into place now the only reason I know that is because I've fought this rest before or I've I've dealt with that with this rest before with a hard wind blowing from the left and having my arrow get stuck on the left hand side so um, basically, I just set this bow up with the wrong rest, and I set it up. I had another rest before that one that I was shooting when I went down to Arizona because this is the new this this year's new bow, the the new Matthews. Um, gosh, it's not the Halon. It's the uh, oh sure sure enough, I would put myself on the spot and try to think of the name of, but the the new Matthews, anyways. Um, it's a great bow. I love the way it's shooting, but um. So I had another rest on it, and uh, it was a rest that got sent, you know, for Meesmans or whatever to use. And I put that one on, and I didn't, I didn't like the blade. The blade made a noise. I tried changing out the blade. It just made some noise as I drew back, and I hate that drawback noise of any bow. It's horrible. One year I had a creak in my bow. You'll get a creak in your limbs where you got to take the the limbs all the way out. I had like this giant seven point bowl. Um, six by seven or seven by seven or something, but I got into range. Him and his cows didn't know I was there. I went to draw back on them and I had a creak in my limbs and that bull looked over at me like all the elk looked over at me as it creaked and it was a pretty quiet creak, but you know, it was in the morning, it was still and, um, I, I didn't end up killing that bull. He ended up spooking off before my shot broke or whatever. Can't remember. I'm, I think that's the way it went down. I think um, they all looked my way as I drew back and I was starting to settle my pin and I think they started to bust out of there and cows ran in front of the bull and then the bull took off and I never got a shot at them because of creaking limbs. So anyways, I had this rest that was making noise. So I took that off, you know, scavenged from a different bow and got this other rest on there and now I'm having those arrows slide to the left. Now maybe it's the, you know, maybe it's the, excuse me, sorry about that guys. Uh, maybe it's the, um, you know, the, the new release or whatever, how it's drawn the arrow back. It's worse than the other release or, um, my arrow just wants to kink to the left, but you know, the devil's in the details in this stuff. So I'm two weeks away from leaving to Alaska. I'm going to tear apart that bow today, put a new rest on it. The rest that I prefer and like that I can trust. I'm also going to go through my entire bow, look for any Allen wrench, uh, Allen spots, make sure that I've got all my Allens tightened down, uh, Loctite on the ones that I need Loctite on, um, 
you know it's just like these details shooting your bow there you know there's even the best bows have vibration and stuff can get loosened up and uh you know i haven't had anything ruin my hunt but i did have like um i've had my quiver before come loose where it wants to tilt on my bow and i've had to take it off throw it in my pack i've had my stabilizers come loose before or not get threaded right to where i've had to pull those off like i've had some things go wrong i had the the rock pikas that chewed through my rest cable the one year that i had to reconnect they also chewed through my string loop had to tie another one of those on um so you know i've had some things happen but that's what i'm trying to do in this final preparation as i'm trying to eliminate all that so i'm going to put that new rest on shoot that bow a bunch today i also want to go back through check my timing check my tuning i mean my garage it's been so hot around here it's been 90 degrees and you know when i got this bow and set it up you know when i first set it up for that january coos hunt it was cold you know and i keep my garage heated but still 50 degrees and outside you're shooting in 20 30 degrees or below temperatures and then i think when i set it up in the spring at 50 degrees well you know string stretch um things move things change so i just want to check my timing on that bow one last time um i also want to check my arrow tune you know the the ultimate tell on tuning your arrows is that your um, broadheads fly right and hit in the same spot but i just i like i feel like a bow that's well paper tuned and a forgiving tune as well is really important like when I'm when I'm tuning my bows, you know, I'm making sure that that every arrow through there is so your paper tune shows if your arrow's flying straight or not. Well, I I try to find a forgiving tune to where, you know, almost every one is a, a perfect rip or close to a perfect rip that I'm not getting any bad rips through paper. And it's just messing with it, getting that forgiving tune, I think really helps. So that way you know, if you torque your bow a little bit and release that arrow, you know, the fletchings are going to correct the flight and that arrow is still going to hit exactly where you want it to hit. And and so I like to have a forgiving tune. I'm going to go back through that, um, tune my bow one last time, just make sure I've got the right tune in it. Uh, I've weighed all my arrows, uh, paired them up with different broadheads, you know, that weigh the same, cold any bad ones. I'm shooting good practice arrows, got a bunch of new ones made up, a couple dozen or more made up for the season. So good to go there. You know, I can just replace a practice arrow. Don't got to worry about refletching it. But I, um, yeah, I, I got to get broadheads hooked up, spin tested on there. Uh, might do that today and um, just start getting this final preparation for season. So um, the caribou hunt's going to be so fun. Just, um, they're like a 400 inch antelope walking around out on the tundra. So I'm looking forward to that. Going to fly out. See, I got, um, yeah, talked physical fitness, the, the running elevation has been key and miles and just getting my body ready for this exertion. Um, I, I like the scouting trips too. When you run those in the high country, it seems like it's like a test run. You, you get to go live in the mountains, sleep in the mountains. So that's one of the things that I'm missing out on. You know, I'll go do that elk scouting trip. Um, but I've been to the mountains enough. Like I, I know what it's, what it takes. And then, you know, I've got myself ready. Um, yeah, hunt research. Yeah, been going through my research in all these different spots. Um, all the different locations I'm hunting. I'm trying to get ideas uh, of where I want to walk and where I want to check out and um, write them down in, in my hunt log. And so, you know, like you start with this caribou hunt. You know, I've, I've got places where I saw caribou last year. And I they say every year is different and the migration is different through there. But I've got different vantage points. 
um, different places I want to hike and go walk and go look for them, places that are away from the road, like places that not everybody can glass. Um, I've got this big bluff I want to hunt. Um, so I'm just trying to get as good a feel for that country as I can, where I want to hunt, where I want to camp, where I want to glass, and, and what my daily plans are. Breaking down the Arizona hunt, got a couple different mountain ranges that I like, and uh, I'm just going to travel country in there and glass each and every basin. And it's important, like as you're moving through country and glassing, like one of the, the things that, that I want to focus on this year is that you know, just trying not to make any mistakes, not, not to ruin an opportunity before I get a chance. And one of the, the biggest things in your game is like your skyline approach and your skyline approach comes into effect, whether you're stalking and you're making your final approach on an animal to not come over that ridgeline too fast or up too high because you're exposed because those animals can see. And so, you know, it's about taking a step, like crawling to the edge of that, of the ridge or the the edge of that you know that's that's all not always the right way to do it either like you don't have to crawl up there and then expose yourself you know some sometimes that's you know sometimes that is what you do for a shot because you get as close as you can get and then when you come up for the shot but basically when you're coming over a skyline you know you just want to expose your eyes over there and and you want to go slow and so coming over the skyline whether you're in a final stock of an animal or whether you're just coming over a skyline to to glass a new basin is you don't want to go hike all the way to the top and then sit down and glass it what you want to do is you want to take a steps and it'll expose the upper end of the basin and glass that upper end of the basin take a couple more steps then you're glassing the next you know 100 feet of the basin or 50 feet of the basin and so so what you're doing like you're scrolling each time you're exposing a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and this slow approach to ridge lines keeps you from exposing yourself and having those animals see you and you never get a chance at them or on the stock like it just makes sure that you're not going to come up over the top and miss that buck expose yourself and he's out of there and so yeah I want to work on my ridge line assaults um, make sure I'm, I'm really making good ridgeline approaches on animals and, and, uh, just making the right moves inside bow range. Um, it's going to be so fun getting those opportunities. They're, they're so thrilling. You just, you, you hate to make mistakes. And, and, uh, so I'm just trying to think about everything, minimize my mistakes, but yeah, doing hunt research on that Colorado. I've been to, you know, I know the drainages that'll be good, the vantage points that'll be good. I know where I'm camping and then I know where I want to expand in places I want to, explore and and uh i'm just gonna have a tag in my pocket in colorado and um i mean to be a hundred percent honest like i'm you know i may not shoot a buck there but i am gonna get the best experience i've ever had i'm gonna hunt high country mule deer by myself solo in there and uh i'm gonna look for a big one like a like a mind-blowing mule deer and it's you know a, a big mature one that is really difficult to find really difficult to harvest the highest degree of difficulty and uh, I want to try to accomplish it. So can't wait to go there and do that. Um, Montana elk still got a good scouting trip, but just making my plans for these places, uh, plans and backup plans. And, um, you know, I'm just studying that Onyx like crazy, that uh, the Onyx, the aerial imagery, the topography, the public-private going on on Google Earth. And then in the evenings, just constantly looking at these places and theorizing and thinking uh, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. So 
um, yeah, just just making that, like I say, it's just that final preparation. This is what we all live for. This is um, and what we've been thinking about all year and, and working hard towards. And, and um, so it's going to be fun to test our skills in the mountains. So let's see, we got, we went through that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of went through mental space and um, being happy and, and work, making sure I'm taking care of things. And then, you know, I hired another guy and then, you know, I'm leaving my dad in charge and um, I'm just going to leave him with the responsibility, take care of the things I need to take care of, let my clients know I'm going and I'm just going to go hard. Like we get, you know, I say it all the time, but we get one chance at this life. You got to try to be as happy as you can be like, um, and we all have to work. We're working class. You have to, you have to make money and provide this quality of life for, for you and quality of life for your family. And um, that's really important, but it, it's also like, um, us as humans, we're meant to have passion. We're meant to have things that, that thrill us, that drive us to be better, um, things that we can put all our effort into and challenge ourselves. We're, we're meant to be challenged, and, and bow hunting's just been that, that thing in my life that I, that I absolutely love. And so, um, yeah, I, I just um, I want to be in the right mental space to enjoy it. I don't want to be stressing about work or about family or about anything. Like I get these days to hunt. Uh, I'm going to go enjoy them to the fullest and um, immerse myself in the hunt and be thinking about the bow hunt, how I'm going to arrow a big buck instead of thinking about how I'm going to get that house put together. Um, you know, and, and not that I'm going to neglect responsibilities or neglect anything, you know, at the podcast or at Eastman's or any of that, but, um, you know, you need, you need your own time and you, you, you need your time where you can focus and immerse yourself in the mountains. And then you come back from that and want to work so much harder at things. And so, um, I've got some podcasts recorded. I'm trying to line up some other ones here and then, um, try to have some going into hunting season and then just try to record some really good ones during hunting season. And whether that's, you know, like this solo check-in every day, give you the update on the hunt, or like I'm thinking, like we've got so many guys going to Alaska, maybe doing a few different podcasts that getting on there and, and talking about the hunt and, and then getting on there a couple nights later and doing another one and, and giving an update on it, but really trying to capture that excitement. And, um, you know, when I'm on those hunts, you know, I'm making those stocks and I'm making those close calls. That's when I'm my sharpest as well, as far as on the podcast, like relaying the information to you guys. Like, it's so funny. Like I talk about those nuanced details of the stock and you guys will hear it in this Hawaii one coming up. It's so fresh in my mind that I, I just, my, my mind goes in overdrive of thinking of different theories and different ways to approach things and, and things I did wrong, things I didn't write. Like you, you just, you, you want to be so proficient at your, at your skill or at your so proficient at, at, you know, the, the challenge that you're up against that, that you're just thinking about trying to evolve it and improve it all the time, you know? And so, um, I'm really sharp in the moment like that. And, uh, you know, I, I evolve or I adapt to the situation or to the environment. And when I adapt to it, like I, it's like, I have this revelation in my mind that, Hey, you know, I've got the secret potion or I've got the answer to this problem. It, it's almost like a, Oh, I don't, you know, it, it's this, this weird experience too. I was going to say is like this psychedelic experience. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but it really is because you can't get in that headspace unless you're there and in that moment to think about that exact thing. And then you learn this, 
this life lesson or you learn this hunting lesson that's going to improve you so much at, at your at, at your skill or at, at the thing that you love the most but it's fleeting like you you connect these dots and then you go home and you get back to normal life or you get back to you know uh, work and family and and, and important stuff um, or or you're on to the next bow hunt and thinking how you're going to prepare for that that like these these lessons can sometimes be fleeting and you have to capture them and like write them down and think about them and try to improve from that and so like that's you know, while I'm on these hunts, you know, taking notes and recording podcasts to let you guys in on this, you know, this this next level awareness of the of the nuanced details of shooting at animals and stalking out animals, I think is so important. Like, I think it's something different that I can bring to the podcast world. So, again, I'm getting um, way too hippie on this podcast, but, um, uh, you know, it is like all of bow hunting is just learning from our experiences and getting better. And I just feel like when you're in the moment and you're on a hunt, you have these revelations and, and those, you know, those revelations are, are fleeting or they're tough to catalog and, and bring importance to later. And it's really important to, to me getting better. And it's really important to you guys getting better to share that information, you know? And so, yeah, I'm really excited to do these podcasts in real time with buddies, solo, whatever the case is. And, and then, you know, just keep getting out this good information, you know, having good guests on and recording good podcasts, but I'm ready to go focus on some hunting. That's for sure. So, See, we've went over mental space, like, yeah, talked about that. Um, game plan for hunts, yeah. I mean, we just talked about the game plan forum and, you know, having your your plan, backup plan. And, um, you know, I mentioned it early in this podcast, but being able to adapt to the situation that you're given, the circumstances that you're given, the animals that you're hunting, the a- the the actual terrain you're in, like it's it's problem solving in that backcountry. Like it's never you'd never write the script and go do exactly what the script that you set out. Like very rarely. Like it's it's always getting there and it's tougher than it seems for me always. Like as I'm preparing right now and talking to you guys like I've got these great plans for these hunts and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it and then you get there and it's like a boxer being punched in the face. Everything changes. So like um you 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 have to adapt to the situation. You have to keep in the right headspace, keep that positive attitude, keep working hard towards your goals, keep enjoying every moment and every day and enjoying the hard work that you're putting in and the grueling nature of the hunt and the challenge of it. And, and then you have to adapt. You have to adapt to what the animals are doing, where the animals are living. You have to adapt to the, the hunting pressure you face. Um, you, you just have to keep adapting and that's been the key to my success throughout all these years and being consistently successful with my bow is I get there and I, I'm mentally strong. I'm physically in good shape. I'm a really good shot. And then I adapt to the situation I'm given. I just keep it. If I'm not finding animals, I keep traveling i keep moving i keep thinking where are they at where can i find a quality buck i'm not going to give up you know and and if i have to change mountain ranges if i have to change trailheads or if i have to keep going and i end up 20 miles from my truck whatever it takes like that's what i'm in for like that's that's why i enjoy bow hunting it's the ultimate challenge and and also 
it's the the ultimate achievement when you accomplish your goals when you come out on top because you know how much you have into it all this preparation you know and then and then all the hard work like all these miles i have in i've been putting 60 70 miles in a week trying to get ready you know how many arrows i shoot how much i think about bow hunting you know preparing my family spending time away my wife you know picking up the slack for me being away from work the job that provides this living that i am that that provides me the opportunity to bow hunt i'm away from that like um you know i've got I've got everything in the game. And so then when I'm there being able to adapt and trying to kill one of the hardest animals on four legs, like, you know, their job is to keep themselves safe from predators, from mountain lions that are way sneakier than I am. Like, I, you know, to, to be able to accomplish that and to run a perfect arrow through an animal and to have it all come together. Uh, that's the ultimate for me and then to be able to enjoy that organic protein throughout the year and share share that with my family like we don't we don't buy meat in my house at least not very often like it's all wild game and it is so good um it gets us through our winter and gets me through our year and it's a way of life for us is to provide this organic protein to my family so i take a lot of pride in that as well but to to accomplish your goals you know, and, and to be able to harvest a mature animal and then to do it on public ground with everybody else is extremely difficult. And, you know, a lot of that, like I say, has, has gone to, you know, being able to adapt to the situation you're in, keeping in the right headspace, keeping positive, and then uh, you just keep going hard and believing you can do it, believing in yourself, you know, and so um, there's so many different tangents on this podcast. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, that's that's my head right now, or that's my headspace. Just so many of these little things I'm going through. Um, scouting, I talked about that. So scouting is so important. Getting familiar with your country, finding target animals, finding out where animals like. You know, I just I just don't have the time this year. I I've got a lot of hunting time, and that's what I have. And so you know, I'm just trying to prepare as good as I can. You know, and Colorado's. 13, 14 hours away, you know, even Nevada, eight hours away. Like, that's a long trip. I just can't do it in a weekend. And so um, I'm just going to have to prepare as, as as good as I can and, and then show up and, and uh, give my everything on the hunt. Um, social media. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've kind of struggled with my social media lately. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Like, it is a way to share my photography and share my thoughts and feelings on the daily you know, it's almost got to be a grind. Like I've been so busy with everything and handling everything. Like it's almost like a strain or a stress on me to, to be able to post something, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, it's, I, I guess, I guess I just need to limit my time. And in social media, you know, I, I really enjoy looking at other people's photos and giving support to the hunting community. Um, but I just need to be careful with my time. I'll get sucked into that time warp of the social media, looking at things. And all of a sudden I'm in there for an hour and I, I've just got more things to work to to work on, and I um you know I don't play video games because it's a time suck. I know I'll get addicted to it, and I'll be playing a video game inside instead of like doing all the stuff I love to do, like you know fishing salmon flies or trail running or working on my bow stuff or you know I working on my house. Like I just got so many other things I have to do, and and social media can be a time suck. My phone can be a time suck. Like I I um. You know, those things are addictive. They're so addictive. And, and I don't want to spend my world looking at my phone. Like, I want to be, 
you know, when I go out with my buddies, I want to be the guy that uses his phone the least. I, I want to take in the experience, like the experience of life and enjoy that like as much as I can. And, and I want to soak in the experience with other people. And whether that's my family or my friends, I want to laugh and have fun and not be worried about it. sending some email back, sending some text back. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to build a really healthy relationship with my phone where, um, you know, at work, I can't be answering phone calls all day or I don't get anything done. Like I, I need to, but I also need to be responsive and, and clients expect you to, to get back to them right away. And so like, I've just been choosing times. So I'll sit down at lunch, I'll fire back, uh, emails, text messages, and then at night I'll fire things back. Um, but I just take care of it in this window of time and then I'm out of that thing. I'm not paying attention to chirps and beeps and, you know, my phone also adds stress and anxiety to me. Like I like like worrying about what the next issue is and I don't want to be that way. I want to attack problems head on and, and, and same thing with my phone. I just want a healthy relationship with it and social media. I want a healthy relationship with it where I can su- support other guys, but I, I'm not wasting time. I can... I can look at it like I can give myself 15 to 30 minutes a day or whatever the case is, you know, in the evening and I sit down and I look at social media, answer guys back, I make a post of my own and then I'm done with it. And so it's been pretty healthy lately. You know, I I will say my content suffers a little bit for a while there. I was doing Instagram stories and it was like you're trying to capture, you know, the life you're living and, um, which is fun. I have this incredible life where I'm always doing fun things. And it's not that big a deal to talk into a camera, but it was almost taking away from it. Like trying to get a, a photo of me trail running, trying to get a photo of, of me fishing where I'm, you know, so much, you know, I have a drift boat and I go out with buddies and I love that more than anything. But a lot of my buddies are guides or they're, they're fishing all day long and they can't go out in the evening. And so this year I didn't, I didn't have a lot of buddies I could go out with. I took my daughter's fishing and I took um, some buddies fishing, but I mean, to be honest, I end up rowing the whole day and I, I, which I enjoy, like you are fishing with, through the person in front of you. And I love rowing my daughters down the river. I want nothing more. Like that's the funnest thing I could choose. And, and even rowing buddies down and giving them that experience. But pretty soon, like I'm not, I'm not throwing the fly or setting the hook or playing fish at all. Like I got to get some me time as well. So you got to have a, you know, and to have, there's certain buddies that can row you down the river and have this, you know, can control a drift boat. And it's a, it's a work of art, like having a guy in range of the bank and pulling hard on the sticks. And so you slow that guy down. So he gets a shot at every little spot a fish could be in like technically assassinating that bank and swimming that, that bug and skirting that bug and hucking it under brush. And like, that's fun. And you're picking up trout, but somebody that doesn't know how to row has you in the middle of the river. You can't reach the bank or they got you too tight to the bank. They're scaring the fish. They're not pulling on the sticks hard enough. You're floating by features. Like all of a sudden, it's just easier if I row. Like we'll actually get good shots at the fish unless they're experienced oarsmen. Now, you know, maybe I'm, I'm being whiny about it. Like I get to spend the day on the Madison. Like who cares? And I love sharing that with other people. But what I really enjoy too is like going by myself. And by myself, it's tough to get pictures. Even when you land big fish, like what – you know, set your timer up on a tripod and set your set your timer and then you you got the fish you know out of the water too long and like like there's all these things to try to try to capture you know this capture this photo to show you guys that oh hey I'm fishing today or whatever the case is not you guys like just social media it's just like I instead like 
um, you know, I'm working so hard and I, I'm taking this time away. Like same thing. I want to immerse myself in the experience. Like I'm there to have fun. I'm not there to, you know, and you do like taking photos of things and hunts is fun to remember them by. And uh, believe me, I have to take hunt. I have to set up my tripod and set up timers, but just like the experience, like I get out to fish dry flies and it's really good. Like I, you know, I'm going to go fish dry flies and not worry about getting a photo or a post or an Instagram story. Like I want to focus on that. That's fun. So, you know, my views have just kind of changed. I want to keep posting things on social media and, you know, sharing my life. But, you know, at the same time, if it takes away from the experience, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the experience and personal happiness and go have fun and live my life the way I want to live it uh, more so than social media. So, not that social media is a bad thing. I just want a healthy relationship with it and a healthy relationship with my phone. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be looking at my phone during hunting season. Like I want to get a break from that thing. Like if I'm hunting for the day, like I may have to check my phone at night or I know I got to check in with my wife here or there or whatever, but I may have my phone off for, for days or even weeks. Like I'm, I'm just not going to be caught up in, in checking things or, you know, adding stress. Like, you wake up and you have a whole day to hunt. Like say it's your day four of a hunt and you have this day to go hard on mule deer and you turn on your phone and you look at it and you got this work text and something's going wrong and you got this problem. And like all of a sudden you've ruined that whole fourth day of hunting. Like the only thing you're thinking about is that problem you got. How should I handle this? Should I make a phone call? Maybe I can just take care of this real quick and then I'll get back to hunting. You know, you're not being as effective or efficient on that hunt as you need to be. And so I need to just let it go. I got good people in place and they're going to take care of things and handle any issues that come up. And yeah, I may have to look at my phone or handle something here or there, but I'm not going to let it control my day. I'm not going to let it control my hunt. Like, you get 365 days a year, and I talk about like being able to hunt 100 days. I, you know, 100 days is a lot. I don't know. I get a lot of evenings for bear season and antelope season. I get to spend a lot of time in the woods, and that's where I'm really fortunate. But you know, how many days do you really spend doing what you love to do? Some guys only get seven days, ten days. I mean, a lot of us do. You know, and I was a weekend warrior forever, and I still am. I'm sure I'll have to be at work and I'll have responsibilities and. You know, hunts will get short, cut short or whatever, but, you know, having that time and I've, I've planned and dedicated that time, you know, what, maybe you get a week off, you know, or maybe you can just hunt weekends. Those, those days are so important to you and it, it's so important that you enjoy them and you don't spend them stressed out. So healthy relationship with, with my phone is a big one. Um, yeah, healthy relationship with my family. I mean, a lot of the reason I haven't been able to go scouting too is, you know, quality time with my family. And I'm just trying to, I talk about that personal happiness. I'm trying to enjoy every single day of life. Like it is a gift and we have no guarantees. And so, you know, I don't get to do this epic stuff every single day I'm alive. Like the, a lot of it is just mundane work, you know, picking up the kids, come home and do dinner and, you know, clean the house and work on the yard or, you know, what, whatever the case is and, and trying to fit in, you know, runs and workouts and things. But, um, I'm just trying to enjoy every day. Like I can be a pretty intense person too, an intense where I'm always thinking about work or thinking about hunting or thinking about, you know, uh, achievements and like I got to relax and have fun. And so I'm just trying to enjoy every day with my family. I'm trying to spend quality time with them and I'm trying to, you know, 
really be in a good headspace to to have fun and joke around. I mean, I've got you know one teenage daughter and and um, the other one's a little bit younger, but you know it it's fun to joke around them. And right now to see them happy and laughing, you know, it, it it's so fun. And they they've got relationships with their friends and their mom and grandma and me, but. Um, just trying to enjoy every day and every moment I get to spend with them at dinner and um, try not to, you know, I don't want to spend my whole life stressed out or worried about, you know, numbers of this or, you know, like it, you know, worried about if the podcast is going to survive. You know how the podcast is going to survive? It's me living a quality of life and being able to articulate it and explain it to you guys in a fun and enthusiastic manner. Like motivating you guys, giving you guys quality information about hunting. And how am I going to give you quality information about hunting? It's like living that life. Like actually going on these hunts and these adventures, you know, these these blue-collar hunts and, and letting the excitement and everything, you know, come through. Like, um, you know, me living an enjoyable life. And, and explaining it to you guys like that's how the podcast is going to survive like it doesn't do me any good to stress over numbers or look at downloads or you know I'm I'm going to make mistakes do the the absolute best job I can look out for the 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 well-being of the podcast you know anything that you love to do spend time doing it so I love doing the podcast I love spending time on it I love thinking about it I love having great conversations with other like-minded bow hunters like um that's what's going to make a good podcast looking out for for my listenership and looking out for the content that I provide and the themes of the podcast and and, and pulling up important points that's what's going to make the podcast better so you know it's living that life and, and, um, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so, you know, how I bow hunt is also how I build houses and how I deal with clients. And like, you know, I got this responsibility and you got to take care of that. And same thing with my family. I just want such a quality relationship with them and to enjoy every moment I have. These girls are going to be grown before I know it to, to really in, enjoy my wife and appreciate what she does for me. And, uh, you know, she also supports all this. She, she encourages it. She lets me go on all these trips, these back to backs and takes care of everything. So, you know, I, I owe it to her to, to enjoy it to the fullest, but also just to be happy in, in everyday life. Like I just, um, I've really been focused on that. Um, just enjoying the trail runs, enjoying, enjoying every day in, in, I have to work and I have to make money, but enjoying work, enjoy working hard. And then, you know, in the evenings, my time where I can go fishing, I can get my trail run in, I can fit in all the, all the stuff that I want to fit, fit in. So, um, yeah, just enjoying every day. Um, and I think that's it. I think, um, covered a ton, a bunch of different tangents on the podcast. Like always, I really enjoy doing these solo ones and just sharing my exact thoughts and feelings and kind of breaking it down, sharing my, my final preparation for hunting season. It's so exciting. It's, it's knocking on the front door. It's like right here in front of us. And it's, you know, for me, it's like six months of hunting. Like I go really hard. August is really booked. September's really booked. And then, you know, I got, you know, little October hunting for bulls and then November it wanes down even more. One Montana hunt may go out a few weekends and then may try to fit in that Idaho late hunt in December and then coos in January, you know, one hunt for a week or whatever. So I just got six months of hunting season coming up and, um, I say I got myself prepared. Like the time to prepare for these hunts is now like you get into season, um, and you get on one of these high country mule deer hunts where you're chasing a 220 inch buck, like 
your time to be in the best physical shape you can be in was was to prepare for that. Like once you're on the hunt, you can't make yourself be in better shape. Now, sure, as hunting season goes on, you get your body used to the exertion and you do get in hunting shape. I realize that. But, you know, like your, your time to improve on your shooting when you're hunting, like it's a chore to just try to shoot every day. Like you don't have the time and focus to in the energy to put into your bow and to put into improving your shot sequence to really thinking about things like you're trying to walk around with your bow and and harvest an animal and so all this time to improve like this this preparation is done right now before the hunt right now is the time to put in the hard work and be running like a madman or working out like a madman you know to, to get yourself in shape get yourself used to the backpack get yourself used to the mountains get in the right headspace like right now is the time to do the 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 preparation for your hunt and the planning and and the research of where you're going to go, the scouting to to figure it out, to 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 get familiar with country and to to run test trips to the mountains and sleep in a backpack and get familiar with it. Like your time to do that is is right now. Your time to to become a better shot and and your shot execution, like it's right now. Like everything is, is done in this preparation. So the skills that that you earn and that you improve on right now are the skills that you go into hunting season with. So the time to improve and get better is right now. And and that's why that's where all my effort is to improve and get better and come into season, you know, as as well prepared as I as I possibly can be to to go on these these adventures and try to come out on top. So, um, I'm pumped fly out in a couple weeks. Um, I'll get this podcast out to you guys. And then, uh, I'm not sure the plan for the rest of the week, if we're going to release another one or if this is going to be it, but, uh, been trying to put out a, a bunch of content, trying to work really hard at it. Um, I really appreciate you guys and all the support, um, support with the podcast. Um, things are going really well for me. And so, um, yeah, I'm just excited. Like I say, I just, um, I was talking about approving the improving at the podcast but it is it's just um it's just thinking about it and working on it and and letting that passion come out so i just want to bring the best content to you guys i can't wait to see what you guys turn up this season as far as hunting season and to see some of these trophy critters coming across um remember to be in good headspace too. be happy for other guys don't let jealousy get a hold of you don't be worried about what other guys are doing or other things on the hunt focus on you your hunt and your goals and um and and enjoying life like jealousy and worried about what guys are doing does does no good for you you know be uh, help your buddies be excited like good friends or um good friends good family are so valuable and so good friends like for them to be successful is like me being successful and I really want to help buddies and family out this year like um help my daughters out help my wife out and then you know and help them get a quality experience for them the quality experience is not pushing to your limits and getting to thirteen thousand feet and be hanging off the side of some cliff like that's not fun for them like i cater the experience for them and then hunt with buddies is is be happy with uh for them and, and really try to help them help them become better help them be successful be part of their successful hunts um you know having these quality relationships like they're you know these 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 friendships the the guys that you hunt with like you're just uh, forged in fire like you're forged in in difficulty like you you bond together and and have such a such a tight bond because you you know you you're in these life-threatening situations together these extremely challenging situations of trying to harvest animals and and um 
those relationships are are really important in life. And so, you know, along with this, I haven't really talked about it too much, but I, I really want to look out for my buddies and their well-being and um, look out for their success and, and um, you know, just try to be a really good friend all the time. Try to be there for them when they're in tough times. Try to be there for them if they make a mistake. And, um, of course, a little ribbing along the way is always good, like a little tough love for guys. is That's the way we operate, right? So some tough love and joking around, and I'm sure I'll be the heel of some jokes too. Um, but I, I just I love those those friendships with these these buddies like that. And um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, really looking forward to spending time with buddies and helping helping be part of their success. Um, I'm really looking forward to this solo trip to Colorado and some of the other solo trips I have planned. Like being able to go out there by myself in the woods again is going to be really enjoyable. Um, I I miss that. Um, there for a while, almost all my hunts and all these adventure hunts were all solo before I, you know, I had a lot of guys that wanted to join in on this and fun. And I, I love sharing them with buddies and buddies can make you better on the mountain, but there's something when it's just you one-on-one versus the, the mountains and the animals and being by yourself, like not talking to anybody for eight, 10 days, just being inside your own head. Uh, I learned a lot about myself in, in those 10 days and a lot about self-improvement how I can get better as a human. And, um, like you're alone with yourself that many times, like you stop BSing yourself, like, you know, who you really are. And, um, so yeah, really looking forward to that as well. But uh, yeah, make sure you're being a good hunting partner, a good friend, supporting your buddies wherever you can, helping them out with pack outs. Um, you know, if they if a buddy calls me, I'm gonna do everything I can do to drop what I got going and and help them out and just be a a good friend, um, be offering help or offering stocks wherever I can. So, alrighty. Um, well, that's, that's the solo podcast. That's a wrap. Uh, the day's burning up quick here. I better, um, I better go get my run in. I'm going to go get a big one off the Sphinx today. I think that'll be a good one. Go wear my dog out or at least try. Um, I've been running in the heat a bunch too. I keep trying to close out this podcast and then I keep thinking of another point I wanted to make or another, you know, thing on my notes or whatever, but I have been, um, really getting myself used to the heat. Like, uh, the more you can prepare yourself for the actual environment you're in. And that's why I like to run in the mountains with elevation and, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm in the mountains and so I'm, I'm getting my mental side of things right. But I, um, being in the mountains gets you prepared for the mountains and, um, same thing with the heat. It, uh, being in the heat gets you prepared for it. And so I've been working in 90 degree heat and, uh, I've been running in the heat. Um, you know, I've got a black lab. I'm surprised at how well he does in the heat. And I try to plan our runs So we cross a Creek or a lake or a pond or something where he can get wet and then, um, drink or get him wet before the run. But he's been doing really good with the heat, but, uh, I have too. My body is just so used to it and comfortable in it. Um, you know, I have that sauna too. I always tell you guys about, and, uh, in there, you're always just testing the limits of your, your body temperature and what you can do and how long you can sit in there and how much you can take and it's so good for you you um those saunas um you create those heat shock proteins that are that that really help your immune system and they help you deal with heat and they just your body's used to sweating and cooling itself off and so i'm just used to it yeah working in the heat running in the heat is nothing for me like i like a good sweat but it doesn't matter 90 degrees 95 degrees uh, i don't think we've had any 95s yet but definitely over 90s 
even in the high 80s for that matter, and no breeze or anything and running in that heat. I'm, I'm just used to it. So this hot Nevada hunt that I'm going on for mule deer up in that high country up there, I'll be ready for the heat up there, that's for sure. Um, but just training for the conditions you're going to face and, and uh, trying to be as prepared as you can. So, all right, I better end this. I better go get my run in, um, tear apart that bow, change out that rest. So I've got a couple more weeks with that thing. Make sure my backup bow is all dialed in. And uh, gosh, I think I'm ready to go hunting. So um, hope you guys have a good week. Keep working hard towards your goals. Um, yeah, and we'll uh, we'll check in with you either later this week or next week. So thanks again, guys.